0: Welcome to BCI Cattle Chat. I'm Brad White. Joined today by Dustin Pindell and Bob Larson. Morning guys. Good morning. Good morning, Brad. We're we're glad to have everybody here today. Dr. Weber's out today, but we wanted to jump in and a couple things just just notes on the the show itself. One of the things we've changed a little bit how it's posted so if you've subscribed on itunes go back and resubscribe and it will come in with the new episodes there's a little glitch there the other thing we've done is we've added some show notes so the show notes will start to be available after this episode which will link any of the websites we have anything that we list as far as topics also have kind of a breakdown if you want to go to a specific topic and listen to it you'll have that opportunity
1: as and, always, if And those show notes are on the website, or where would
0: they get the show notes? Yeah, they'll be on the website. They'll also be listed in the details there on iTunes. So gotcha. if you look down in the details section, it'll link those, link those notes. Great. Uh, the other thing, if you want to email us, you can always email us at bci at ksu.edu. Happy to take questions or comments, and usually we get a few questions that we like to address as we go through. Speaking of which, today we're going to talk about a couple different topics. We're going to talk about trade. And Dr. Pendell has some questions for us, so we'll look and go through that process. Talk about county fairs, as it's this time of year. The other thing, we'll address a couple questions that we've received. One on lameness, looking at how we handle that, and then talking about what do we do in the summer implanting on cow-calf herds, what are our options there, and and where are the potential benefits. So, Dustin, you want to jump off? We want to start talking about trade? Let's talk about trade.
2: So trade has been in the news a lot recently and we're not going we're not going to get into those details or issues but I just pulled some statistics from a few different websites and uh, want to test your knowledge. Okay. I think we uh, you know we've been doing this for the last couple of weeks testing your guys knowledge and I think it's, it's kind of humbling. It's uh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's just start start uh, kind of broad. We'll start broad first and uh, so the beef exports. So we're 2017 numbers. Mhm. Just total beef exports across the world. Name the top four or five largest beef exporters. 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 All right.
0: You're countries that. Export. Countries that export beef in well, 2017.
1: I'm, I'm going to guess the United States. No. So Is that the largest?
0: No. Um, You're talking about the, the countries that export the most. Yes, Australia is number one. Yeah. So name it's the top. A, maybe it's how a about percent. the top three? How about which us the top three? Right.
1: United States, Brazil,
0: Australia. No, Australia, Brazil, and Canada.
1: Now, you're thinking of percentage of their market. I'm thinking total, total tons. So, well, one of us well, is going to be wrong. I'll tell you what I'm
0: thinking when he tells me yeah. if I'm right or not. <laughs> one of
2: us is going to be wrong. So, I guess I was thinking of uh, of 100% who exports the most in percentage. Okay. 100% in oh, okay. So, 100% of the beef, who exports the large, who, who top where three. Is,
1: as far as exports impacting their marketing. Oh, then, I then I am going to drop the United States down. Okay. So. So what's the what's the answer?
2: So the largest would be Brazil, okay, seventeen percent. And then India is right there, close second, seventeen percent.
0: Neither of us had India listed.
2: Okay. Now, that's not necessarily beef that they produce. Some of it's buffalo, yeah. it's, which is yeah, different yeah. slightly. Australia would be at fifteen. U.S. comes in fourth at fourteen uh, percent. Okay. followed by the EU and New Zealand. I would,
1: have, I would have thought Canada exports a higher percentage of their beef production than we do. but
2: They do. I mean, they export, what, 50 60% of their okay.
0: production. Uh, okay. But it's a smaller production right. than some of the others. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. So, so
2: the same question, but now on uh, importers. Who are the top beef importers in the world? Okay. Uh, not necessarily just from the U.S. perspective, but th- they just import beef. Okay. Just give me the top I don't know three
0: maybe. So does the EU count as one?
2: We count it, yeah
0: EU would be a country. Okay, so I'll call I'll go EU as one of the Japan, countries. Japan, maybe. I go with Japan or China. Nah,
1: that's just trendy. So I I'd, okay. I'd say, and you know the other one I'm gonna say is the United States. Uh, oh. No. No. Yeah. You could say it. Well, because I'm I'm thinking cat. I'm thinking cattle, not just beef, though, So it's yeah. because of the feeder calves we get in from others. So, all right, so you shamed me into... Uh, all right, so let's go, I'll go uh, Korea and Japan from Asia, and then EU. I like that. Okay. We'll see how that
0: goes. And who were your three again? Right. EU, China, and... Darn geography. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Japan. I'll steal one of yours.
2: Okay, so the top three... Beef importers in 2017, the greater China region, which okay. includes Vietnam, Hong Kong,
1: okay.
2: yeah. uh, United States, uh, 15%, and then Japan is number three.
1: Ah, so my, I shouldn't have backed off yeah, of there. Yeah, I shouldn't have backed no. off. So, all
0: right. So, so, now, but, so but the implications there, for, for the U.S., we domestically use about 85% of our beef production and about 15%.
2: Yeah, I want to say 10 exported. to 12% of our U.S. production is exported. Is exported, 10 to 12%. No. Okay. No. So that follow-up question to that is, who are our major export markets from the United States? Just give me the top three in 2017.
1: I, 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 again, I would guess our North American border countries of Canada and Mexico would be on my top two. And then uh, Korea.
0: I'd say Greater greater China region. The same as last one and EU.
2: So the data, and I pulled this data from the LMIC Livestock Market Information Center, but in 2017, it looks like our number one export markets um, for carcass weights would have been Japan, hmm. followed by Korea, then Mexico and Canada.
1: Okay. you go. So, so, so those So Asi- basically, you got got Asi- some of those Asian markets and our North American right, markets right. are really driving a lot of our export
0: and one of the things i think to consider when we talk about imports and exports and we talk about percent you're talking about percent of production but it's not individual necessarily it's individual not whole animals you know. it's it may be parts of multiple carcasses that parts, are going over so
2: yeah it depends on you know we ship livers maybe to the middle east and uh yeah. certain cuts to you know know, yeah. tongues, maybe, for example, go to Japan, I think. And yeah. So, so the
0: talk about the export right. market. If you say, well, that maybe doesn't affect me, it actually could because it affects, it affects a lot of people across the industry. It affects
2: everybody because yeah. it raises the value of a carcass, right, mm-hmm.
0: uh, yeah.
2: of an animal. And thus, it's built into that price that you yeah. receive. So it does impact everybody. And so when we hear about these tariffs that are going on or the discussion in trade, it, it impacts everybody. Yeah. Well, not just the producers well, just consumers also so
1: let's just let's just say that
0: I got more right than Dr. White did uh, we, can, we can say that and I we want to could, end but there wouldn't be correct so <laughs> <want to> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully the listeners knew some of those knew some of those answers because it's interesting looking at where those where those export markets are, yeah. are coming from
2: and I want to end with just some fun facts and I pulled this from uh, KDA Kansas Department of Agriculture website on January, January 1 of 2018 can anybody tell me what how many cattle we had in this state and then I want to know how many people we had in the state.
1: All right, I'm I'm going to guess cattle at uh, a little over three million, and people at I don't know two point eight million, something like that.
2: Two point eight three.
0: Right. Yeah, I'd say it's two to one cattle to people. So I'm going to go a little higher with the with the cattle. With the cattle. Yep. Yeah. And stick with your people estimate of. Two round two two, two million people and four million. He cattle. said two point eight. We're
1: getting closer to three, I think. I could be wrong.
2: Well, it's two point nine for people. Okay. So yeah. you're pretty much spot on there, and then it is two to one. It's it's six point three million head of cattle okay. as a general oh, wow. one. So you I both were little, kind of I right. Was a little
1: under. So.
2: Now the reason I mention that is, you think about the importance of agriculture, in. Kansas. I mean, it's the largest uh, economic driver, according to KDA's Absolutely. website, with 44.5% of the GDP coming from agriculture. Excellent. So it's so agriculture in Kansas, livestock agriculture in general. I mean, is, is very important in the state of Kansas.
0: Excellent. So the next thing we wanted to talk about is we wanted to hit into the fair.
1: We are getting ready for the county fair. It actually kicks off uh, tomorrow, tomorrow morning. And so we are really hoping that those woodworking project it's been kind of humid, and the paint is not drying very fast. Yeah. And so uh, I don't there's probably no one else that does so 4-H that fairs uh, that has ever had their woodworking project just a little bit tacky yeah. uh, not quite dry when you take it to the fair, but it's not going to be judged for another day. so by then yeah. it'll be dry.
0: but it's a it's a good opportunity at the fair to and, and you're talking so woodworking, but also on the cattle side to yeah. expose people that Maybe don't get a chance to see the ag, and I know here at the Riley County Fair here in Manhattan, there there's a lot of people that walk through the show barn that I don't think have had a lot of exposure to those type of
1: animals. I, I think that is one of the great things about the county. I mean, it's a great experience for the youth, the 4-H and FFA members that are that are displaying livestock and other projects. But I think it is a great interaction with the community, uh, and and you've got so many great ambassadors. I again, I'll go back to I think those 4-H and FFA youth are great ambassadors for agriculture. They're, they're living that day-to-day care of the livestock, and, it, and it's a really good opportunity to, to show that. And, you know, it's not, it's not exactly like what it's like really on, the, on a ranch or swine operation on a day-to-day basis, but it is an interaction with the public, with the, the people caring for the livestock.
2: Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you know, we talked about the fairs a couple weeks ago about what our favorite activities were. And, and then, yeah. you know, we talked about the demolition derbies and some of those kinds of things. So I want to ask a follow-up question is what's your guys' favorite food? The fair food. What's your favorite food uh, at the fairs?
1: Can, can I list two?
2: You can because I got two as well. I, so. I, really have
1: to, I, I, I really do like the funnel cakes. And, and the other one I really like is the frozen chocolate banana on a stick. And the, You know, or monkey, some people call them monkey tails or whatever those, those are two of my favorites and i'm gonna get one every year at
0: the fair i'm gonna go a different ways from the sweet and go with the salty of the potato that they spiral oh, cut yeah. and put on the plate yeah
2: so i was also gonna say the funnel cake and then i like the lemonade because you know they use the lemons and they oh, grind yeah, them and, and, and it's nice
1: and sweet it's, yeah, yeah
2: yeah so that was yeah. my two favorites
1: that that is a big part of the fair. You got so I thought you were gonna have an ag econ question, like oh, which well. which fair food is the number one economic driver at
2: the
0: carnival. <laughs> no, yeah. no, nothing like that. And another thing that so fairs great activity in the summertime. An, another question and one question that Bob and I received this week was asking a question about lameness in calves. So calves that have been out on pasture and these can be either. and We'll see this in. So, sometimes calves on the cow but most time in stalker calves so stocker yes. calves have been out you'll see some lameness one of the questions that we had this week was uh calves grazing fescue and easy to make the assumption well maybe the fescue had a part of that with the heat w- what should you do if you see a lame calf what are, what are your first responses and if you see multiples how, how do we evaluate that how do we work through that problem
1: You know, as, as
0: inconvenient
1: as it might be, I think it's really important that you actually get the cattle in and look at the feet because I, I'm, it's easy for me to also, uh, fall into the trap of calves on fescue grass, which can have a, um, a toxin in the grass that can cause some foot problems, uh, to just assume that if they're eating fescue, that that must be the cause or to assume that it's foot rot or one of the other common causes of lameness. But actually I I have found that if I, if I... Make too many assumptions, I will be wrong, um, uh, uncomfortable a number of times. And so the best way to prevent being wrong about a, a lameness issue is actually to get the calves, calves in a chute, look at the feet, and, and look and see what it can be. It can be a foreign body. It can be uh, so you can have cuts, abrasions. You can actually find a nail or a wire in the foot that needs to be uh, removed. It might be fescue toxicosis. It might be foot rot, and then you can treat those appropriately. But it it and and a lot of times these calves are out on, on a fairly large pasture. It's not convenient to get them in, but if you're really gonna diagnose it and treat it appropriately, gonna have to go to the work probably really catching them and, and looking closely. You
0: need to catch them, take a look, because sometimes they'll have something in that in that foot that needs to come out or there may be something that as you identify which how what method to treat them. So right. I so I, I think taking a look at those feet is is critical. And if you're seeing Multiple animals that are lame. There's something going on. There's yeah. some causative factor that we want to be sure that, that we get them Did up and, and try to solve that. Yes. So, any other comments? Foot foot health, lameness in those calves because that's that's one of the things that, that we see in those stalker calves. Yeah,
1: it really is. And and you know, um, some, sometimes it's just uh, they're out on rough rough terrain, and and it and it might be some you know um you know a musculoskeletal thing that there's not a lot of treatments for. Uh, but a lot of times it is something that we can treat, uh, yeah. foot rot. We, we treat with antibiotics, uh, fescue. We can treat with a number of ways of, of getting them off of that grass. And, and so, yeah, if you're going to get the right
0: treatment, you got to get the right diagnosis. And a lot of those lameness start in the feet. So they may be, may be higher up, but a lot of those. They do.
1: The I mean, occasionally you'll find some cattle with, with, um, lesions up in the knees or hocks or something like that. But I don't know, nine times out of 10 or more, it's, it's actually down low in the foot, down low in the foot. Excellent.
0: The the other question that that we'll sometimes get in the summer, and we talk about, should I implant my calves? So as a cow-calf operation, and we're running the calves through, and we may be vaccinating them, or thinking about other activities to do at 60 days of age or so, so they're a little bit older, should, should we implant them at that time, or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
1: they, and, and again, we might see what the Ag econ guys think about this, but uh, basically there are a number of products that are available to implant uh, suckling calves that, that do a nice job of adding some additional weight uh, that more than pay for the implant. In fact, it's one of the more uh, cost-effective things we can do to, to put uh, weight on calves. So in general, I really like to do that. Um, there are times when, when we don't. So if, if someone has a contract to be in a natural market or something like that, then they're, then they're not gonna use implants. But if you're going to be selling your, your calves through a more traditional market uh, chain, uh, getting an implant in those calves while they're suckling uh, usually pays really well.
0: And I think this year, as we look across the state, we have lots of different lot, variability in grass production, which we normally do. But this year, the eastern half of the state's a little bit drier than the western half of the state implants pay well when the calves have the resources available yeah. to capitalize on that efficiency. If they don't have the resources, that implant doesn't have as, as good of a payout. So making sure that they have the resources through the through the dam or through the grass is important to make sure you get a good return on that. Yeah, exactly. Now,
2: and then the only comment I was going to make was, depending if you had some outlet that in some different kind of branding or marketing program that
0: didn't want those implants. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely so I, th- I think that's a good that's a good opportunity for the cow calf guys to implant those calves as they go through the summer so as we wrap up uh, just a reminder if you've downloaded or subscribed to the podcast before you may want to go back in and just go back to the itunes store and resubscribe or there'll be there may be two listed you let's get the most recent one you'll get the episodes there email us comments questions anything you're thinking to bci at ksu.edu and we look forward to visiting with you next week